and then I just want to welcome all of our online guests that are joining us. Hi, friends. You guys look great. I miss you. Um, it's so fun to be with you. It's so fun to have you guys here. Uh, we do offering every single week, and the reason we do that is because we want Bible study to always be free for whoever wants it. Uh, it does go for paying for the books, the beautiful books that Carly made. Uh, we do childcare and then all the tech needs. So thank you so much just for donating if that's something you feel led to do. Uh, it really means a lot to us. Uh, I have a CA announcement for anybody in the house that likes Easter. Anybody a fan? Uh, Easter service is coming up. We're going to be in person. We'll be on the north side and the south side. There will be live preaching on both sides and live worship teams on both sides. So if you have friends, invite them. Uh, if you have anybody with little kids that needs a church home, our kids' church ministry is amazing. They're doing a Super Mario Brothers Easter. So I want to be a part of that. I imagine your kids want to be part of that too. So invite people. You're welcome. Uh, Easter weekend, not this weekend, the weekend after that. Um, and then on that note, when we do Easter on campus at CA, uh, there's a ton of moving pieces because we usually expect thousands of people to come on campus. So it takes the staff about a week to set up. And so there's no programming on campus the week before Easter. So we will be taking a break April 13th. That's a Wednesday morning. So I want you to write that down because I know that one or two of you are going to forget and show up and think, what happened? Did they meet without me? Um, just that one week, you will have a lesson in your book, but there will be no teaching online. So that's your break. That's your week to get ready for Easter and celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, so mark that in your calendars. We'll remind you next week too, but just would hate for anybody to be hovering on April 13th and feeling alone because we don't want that here. So uh, mark your calendars for that April 13th. We'll take a break. Um, and then the last announcement that I want to introduce you to is that we have a marriage conference coming up. Actually, this weekend, our very own Ralph DeGottle is doing a remodeled marriage conference. And so if that's something you're interested in, you think your marriage uh, could benefit from being in community with others, hearing from different pastors, it's for pre-engaged, engaged, married. Stefan and I are going to be there, so you can come join us if you want. Uh, but there's still space. You can register online for that. It's from 8.30 to 2.30 this Saturday. And then the announcement that I'm most excited for that I've been waiting all morning to tell you about is that we have been praying for a long time for a women's pastor. And many of you have leaned into that prayer with us and the Lord has moved in that department. So I am excited to announce our new women's pastor is dun, da, 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 Tanya Carter Lovelace. Come on up, Tanya. Mm. Yay. Ooh. Um, for those of you that don't have the privilege yet of knowing Tanya, Tanya and her husband Dennis have been at the church for 21 years serving faithfully here. Uh, Tanya has been an usher, a greeter, a kids help mentor, a Bible study leader, and she's interned with us all this past year and just been discerning the call that God has on her life. And so we are so excited that she's joining staff. If you don't know her, she is a woman of deep wisdom, deep faith, deep maturity in the Lord, and a heart to serve others. If any of you were at our Christmas gathering, uh, she organized the whole pajama drive, and that's, that's Tanya's heart is to serve those around her. And so I just want to pray for her this morning as she enters this new role. She'll be starting Tuesday, April 12th. Uh, she'll be on the docket with us, but would you just extend a hand? I want to bless her as she enters this new season and this new calling upon her life. Lord, God, we're thankful for Tanya. 
We're thankful that you've called this laborer, God, to come and reap the harvest of this season, Lord. So I just pray an anointing over Tanya, Lord, that she would be grounded and rooted in your love, that she'd be established firmly on the rock that is Jesus Christ. Father, I pray a blessing, a favor, an anointing of just the Holy Spirit as she enters this new position, God, in this new role. God, would you speak to her? Would you move in her, God? Would you do a good work in her, Lord? We love this sister, and we just commit her to you that you would keep her safe in the wing of the almighty arm and that you bless her, Father. So we thank you for your good gifts, and we thank you for Tanya. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. 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 Thank you, Tanya. Thank you. Uh, so if you haven't met Tanya yet, you can feel she'll be here after service. Feel free to just pop by, say hi to her. She's the greatest. So we're super excited she's on the team. So thanks for joining, Tanya. Um, ladies, we're doing Ephesians. Did you know that? Okay, good. Okay, gotcha. We are kicking off in our seven-week series. I'm calling it a seven-week series because there's an introduction and then you'll have homework even when we don't meet. Uh, so we're doing Ephesians. It's one of my favorite books of the Bible. When I came to know Jesus, I was 12 when I met the living God, when I, when I came to a real relationship with Jesus. And I remember my youth pastor, I didn't know where to start reading the Bible. I we grew up in a Lutheran church and we didn't really read the word a lot. Um, and so I was like, what do I do? And he said, why don't you just, why don't you just read through the book of Ephesians. And that book, because it was one of the first encounters I had with God and the power of his word, it still is such a tender place in my heart. And I believe that God wants to speak a new word to us in this season. Whether you've read it a hundred times or you've never read it before, Ephesians is this book chocked full of wisdom of how to live with and for Jesus. And so I'm excited for you in this. Um, so yeah, we're doing, we're doing a new Bible study this year and it's going to be awesome. And so I want to invite you to dive into it with us. We're going to unpack what that looks like uh, in our time today, and then we'll jump in next week. Uh, but when I was thinking about what it looks like uh, to dig into God's word, uh, the vision that came to my mind, have any of you ever played hide and seek with little kids? Yeah. Okay, okay, like six of you, great. Um, <laughs> I have played with my nieces and nephews for years, and as my, my oldest niece, Eden, gets older, she gets better at the hiding process. And last time we were at the cottage, she snuck outside, and we did not find her for a long, long, long time. But if you've ever played with little kids, younger kids, you know that they don't really get the concept quite yet, right? They're like, it's kind of new to them. And so my littlest nephew, his name is Orlo, he loves, loves, loves playing hide and seek. And so we'll play with everybody, and Eden and Ezra, my other two, will go to really hard spots, and then Orlo will do this thing where he's like, she's not gonna find me here. He'll literally hide in open sight, and as I'm counting down, he can hardly contain himself. Because when I get to one, he doesn't say, you can't find me, he goes, hey, Coco, I'm right here, I'm right here, I'm right here. And so I always have to tell, like, no, you gotta hide a little bit harder, and he's like, he just wants to be found. Right, he wants to be found. And the same is true of our God. Our God does not hide from us. Our God is not hidden far away from us. He's not trying to keep himself distance from. Jesus wants to be found by you and I. And so he waits. He waits until we open the word to find him, until we seek him, until we desire to be in his presence. He waits and oh, does he want to be found by us, friends. Make no mistake, our God is not hiding. He's not being distant from you. He wants to be found by you and I. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 13 says, this is the Lord speaking. He says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. 
And so what my vision is, what my hope for us is in this season is that you and I will seek after Jesus and that we will hear from the Father. That's been my prayer for all of Ephesians, uh, is that you and I, when we sit in the word of God, that we would hear the invitation he has for us, that his word would fall afresh on us, that there'd be something new for us. Uh, God desires for us to know his voice. Have you ever had someone leave you a voice message and they didn't state their name, but you knew their voice? Like, hey, how's it going? Let's do dinner at seven. And you don't have to wonder who that is. You're like, oh, that's Peg. She wants to do dinner at seven because you know their voice. The same is true of the Lord. He wants us to know his voice, to hear his voice, and he speaks to us through his word. And so that's what we're gonna study. We're gonna go, we're gonna do a Bible study this session, uh, and we're gonna dig into the word of God. So when I, usually when I write a Bible study session, I go away because I wanna be removed from distractions and I just wanna hear from the Lord. And so I got away from my life in LA, and I went and I sat and I said, Jesus, what do you want this Bible study to be? You know, like, well, give me ideas, all this stuff. Stuff. And the Lord spoke something new to me. He said, I just want women to read my word. I was like, oh yeah, yeah that's, that's what we do in Bible study. Okay, okay, what else? What else? Questions, what, how do you want to format it? And he was like, no, I, I don't want your voice in this. I don't want another voice in this. I, I just want them to be in my word and learn to hear my voice to them. And so there's nothing wrong with Bible studies. Bible studies have changed my life. Some of Beth's Moore studies, Priscilla, Priscilla Schreier, Cheryl's Bible studies. Bible studies are powerful, but we're not gonna do a Bible study. We're just going to study the actual Bible. So there is a different format that you've ever seen before. There are not leading questions, there's not application, there's not observations. We're just gonna dive in to the heart of scripture and we're gonna ask the Lord to speak to us there because his word is alive and active. It wants to speak to you and I both. And so this session, my invitation for you is that you and I would dive into the word together that we would sit before the throne and ask him to speak a fresh word to us. And some of you have read Ephesians more than I can count, and some of you have never, maybe never even opened the pages to Ephesians. But what I know about God and what I know in my own walk with him, I found the book of Ephesians when I was 12, and every time I read it, every time I read the word in general, there's always something new for me. And so the hope in this session is that you are diving into a chapter every week and that the Lord God meets you in a new way, that he pulls out a fresh verse, a new word, that you experience him moving in the text. And so what we did this session is we laid out two versions of the Bible. We put um, each chapter in the New International Version and also the Message Version. I... I'm a fan of the message version of the book of Ephesians, so that's why we printed those two. But if you have a version of the Bible that you like, we love that and we want you to read what, the word in whatever version you like or you feel comfortable with. When I was in seminary, my friend Brian always talked about his favorite version of the Bible, feeling like a warm blanket. And sometimes when we read a different version, we're like, that's not the way it's supposed to sound. I don't like the way, that's not how we read it in church growing up. So freedom to use any version of the Bible that you want, uh, but really the heart of it is God's word is alive and active. Doesn't matter what translation or versions it's in, he wants to speak to us. And so that's what we're gonna invite you into this season, uh, is to sit before the Father and ask him to speak to your heart. And I wonder what he wants to speak to you in this season. 
God always has something new for us. There's always something that he wants to do in us and speak into and inform. And so our hope is that when you sit with the Holy Spirit in the word of God, he will reveal something to you and then you'll get to come to your table or your group and you'll get to share that with one another. And some weeks you might find that you heard very different things and you get to be blessed by what your sisters learned. But I've also been part of groups where we get together and we all heard the same thing. And you have this sense of, oh, the Lord really had a clear message for us today. So I know this sounds a little teachery and a little college professory, but I'm just gonna tell you a truth that most of you already know. This session, you're gonna get out of it what you put into it, right? The deeper you go into God's word, I know that the word of God is alive and active and it does not return void. So I know when you sit underneath its authority, God will do something in you. And if you don't spend the time to sit under his authority, God loves you, but he cannot do as much. It's like, we, he will come into any space we give him. If we give him a football stadium, he'll fill it. If we give him two minutes and a two inch box, he'll fill that too. Whatever you give to the Lord, he will fill. So I wanna encourage you, carve out time, make space this session, marinate in the word of God because he has something new for you. And so some of you are wondering, Coley, how do we do this? Because if you've peeked at your books, which I've hoped maybe some of you have, some of you haven't, we're doing a method of Bible study called SOAP, which is an easy acronym that I'm gonna explain. Uh, but I didn't piece it out for you in days. I didn't piece it out for you in weeks. We basically gave you two readings and you can read them however you want in your week. So if you're somebody that wants a methodical, you break it down into seven days and read a chunk each day, great. If you're someone like me that tends to procrastinate and you want to do it all at the end, read all of them at once and do the whole thing. If you're a little more structured and you do two days of extended quiet time, read the NIV or in a different version another day. You can do soap however you want. The invitation is that the deeper we go with God, the deeper he can go with us. And so soap, for those of you that don't know it, um, is Scripture, observation, application, and prayer. It's just a really simple way for us to study God word, God's word. And so what you're gonna do is you're gonna take the scripture passage of that day. This is all explained in your book, by the way, but I just wanna speak it out to you because I know this is new for all of us. Uh, you're gonna read the scripture of the week and you're gonna ask the Holy Spirit to highlight whatever he wants you to see. If there's a word, a verse, two verses, you're gonna read it with the Holy Spirit and say, just reveal to me what you wanna speak to me. Whatever he highlights, you are going to write that scripture out. There's something powerful about reinforcing the scripture. Writing it out sinks it deeper into us. It writes it on the tablet of our hearts. You're gonna write out whatever verse that the Lord highlighted for you that day. Then you're gonna look at that verse and you're gonna make any observations that you see. Now, there is no right or wrong. You can't make a wrong observation. You're just looking at the text saying, oh, I see this, or this looks like a command, or I don't know what this word means, or I really like this, or I don't like this, and I don't know why. You're gonna observe it. You're kinda gonna sit in it, say, what does this mean? You're gonna tear it apart a little bit. Then what you're gonna do is you're gonna apply it. You're gonna sit with the Lord and you're gonna say, why this verse? Why did this strike me? What do you have for me in this verse? Is there anything I can do live, think, or act differently because of this verse? How does it inform how I live? And once you decide what you wanna apply in your week, you're gonna pray to the Lord to help you do that. Lord, help me to love my neighbor. Lord, help me to forgive my husband. Lord, help me to reach out to a friend who I know needs you. It's as simple as that, sound good? I know you can do this and I know it's gonna be really good. So anyways, that is what we're doing this session. We're gonna dive into God's word together. And what my prayer has been for us in all of this is that those of you who don't think you can hear from God, 
I want you to hear from God. I'm praying that you hear from God. God's voice is not an audible voice that speaks to you coldly. Take out the trash. That's not the way it works. You don't hear it like that. The spirit inside of us is what guides us into God's word. And so sometimes it's a small nudge. Sometimes he'll highlight things as you're reading it. Sometimes you'll hear from a friend. Sometimes you'll be listening to the radio and a worship song will come on. God can speak in a variety of different ways. But our prayer and our prayer team's prayer for you is that you would hear God's voice over you because you are his daughter and he cares about you and he knows you and he wants to speak to you intimately and he's going to speak to you differently than he's gonna speak to me, differently than he's gonna speak to Jill. There's a fresh word that he has for you. And so my hope is like, it's like a treasure map. It's like when you dig after something, you get to this buried treasure. I want us to get to the buried treasure. I want you to get to the buried treasure. Uh, there's this verse uh, in John 1.1. 1, 1. It's one of the most profound wor- words of the Bible. You can sit on it and resonate it on it for a long time. I just want to read it to us because it reminds me how powerful God's word is. This is what it says, John 1.1. 1, 1. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, do you guys all understand that theologically? That's a lot to unpack there, right? But the begin, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. In Him and through Him, everything was created. Our Bibles, friends, are one of the most powerful weapons that we have. And yet you and I are so prone, I'm speaking for myself, and maybe this resonates with you, we're so prone to take the Word of God for granted, Right? How many Bibles do we have laying around? How many of us have it on our phones? We can so easily take the gift of God's word for granted, but there are people in other countries that cannot have access to the word of God. Their government throws them into jail, tortures them, exiles them. The word of God is powerful and active, and in all the places around the world that there's persecution, it's because leaders know that this this word is powerful and it's life-changing. The best-selling book in the world is and I believe always will be the Bible. Right now there's been 5.5 billion copies sold. The second book that's not even close to it has sold 1.1 billion copies. God's word is powerful, it's active, it's alive. God wants to speak to us and yet so often we think of it as a side thing or a to-do thing or I should read my Bible because it's the right thing. No, it's like his love letter written to us. I have a friend up in Oregon that when she turned 16 and learned to drive, her dad sat her down. He wasn't a very religious man. He did not go to church often, but he got her a Bible and he slid it across the table to her and he said, I've done everything I can to raise you. You're now going to be on your own. You're driving, you're independent, and this is God's word. This is an instruction manual for how to live, so I hope you will make good choices and live the way God's called you to live. And he passed that Bible to her. They'd never grown up in the home really reading the Bible together. My friend, when she was 16, she started reading the word and it has changed her life. It is an instruction manual, it's a gift. It's God's manna to us. And so that's what we're gonna do in this session. We're gonna invite the living God to speak into our situations, into our lives, and to set us free. And the book of Ephesians is filled 
with how to live for Jesus. It's filled with truth. So I'm gonna give us a brief just overview of Ephesians before we dive into it. Uh, Ephesians is a book written by Paul. Now if you'll remember, Paul was the one that was persecuting Christians. He was killing Christians, sending them to, to the governor so that they would get exiled or punished or thrown in jail. He did not like Christians because he was a Jew and Jews had a certain way and Saul did not want any Christians or the word of Jesus to go forth. One day Saul had an experience with God. He heard God's very own voice and it changed everything. And Saul became Paul, one of the most prolific writers in the Bible. Paul's written many letters. So this book of Ephesians, Paul wrote it in prison. Paul, the gospel had gone forth. Paul was sharing the good news with others and he was in prison for it. And so Paul sat in his cell and wrote this letter to the church. Uh, old manuscripts don't know if the word Ephesians or Ephesus was actually on the original transcript. So we know it as the book of Ephesians to the church at Ephesus, but some scholars believed it was just a letter that was supposed to circulate every single church to let churches know what it means to follow Jesus. You see, back in the day, they didn't have podcasts. Can you believe it? They didn't have like Christian radio. They didn't have these things where you could access any pastor in the world, an archive of sermons. It was a brand new thing to be a Christian. And so these Christians, when they came to believe in Jesus, it changed everything about their life. And as you can imagine, there was a lot of questions and there was a lot of lies, and there was a lot of myths. And so Paul wrote this letter to inform them, this is what the truth is, and this is what it means to walk in the truth. And so chapters one through three are the laying out of the gospel, the good news that Jesus has died for us and set us free to make us one new creation. There's one Lord and there's one new humanity. So the first three chapters about the goodness of God. Tim Keller has this quote that I love, and he said, when we start following Jesus, I'm not gonna quote him exactly, I'm gonna paraphrase what he said. He said, when we start following Jesus, sometimes we're looking, okay, I know the gospel, ABC, now what's the DEF, what are the next things? And Tim Keller said, that's not the way it works. The gospel is A to Z. It's all we have. There's nothing more powerful than, the, there's nothing after that. We don't outgrow, out-Christianize, out-mature the gospel. The gospel is the good news and that's all we have and it's all we need because it's enough. And so Paul's gonna explain what the good news is to us in chapters one through three. And then four through six, he's gonna invite us, what does that mean? If this is true, how then shall we live? And so this is a call for us to re-examine our hearts, to re-examine our lives. Are we living in the truth of the gospel? Do we believe all that Jesus did for us? And if so, how is that gonna flip and change and inform our worldview? That's, that's what the book of Ephesians is about. And so there are a million different lessons. There's a million different teaching points we could go off of, which is why I'm so excited for you to dive into Ephesians on your own, because I think God's gonna highlight different things for every person based on where you're at, what you need, what you're going through in this season. But there is an invitation for God to speak in a new way. And so, there are three main themes in Ephesians that I just want to, I'm overviewing us today and then we'll dive into Ephesians 1 next week. Three main themes in the book of Ephesians. Uh, the first one is that Christ is reconciling all creation to himself and to God. 
in the garden, in Adam and Eve's time, there was a break. Sin entered and that separated us from God and Adam and Eve were removed from the garden. And so Jesus' work on the cross has to bring us back into community with God and God will one day restore the earth, restore the Garden of Eden and all things to himself. Jesus Christ is reconciling us to God and all creation around him. Where in your life do you need reconciliation? Where do you need newness? What has been broken that you have tried to fix and you cannot fix on your own? Jesus wants to reconcile us with the God of the universe and out of that flows a reconciliation with one another, with families, with the earth, with our communities, with our nations. Jesus is reconciling the world to himself. Where do you need reconciliation? That's the first theme of Ephesians. The second main theme of Ephesians is that Christ has united people from all nations to himself and to one one another as the church. You see, back in the day, they were so silly. They divided over things like ethnic boundaries. Isn't that so weird? Can you imagine anyone doing that? Used to be the Jews and the Gentiles. So the Jews were God's chosen people, the Israelites, the holy people, and everybody else was other. And then when Jesus came, he broke that line of division and he said, no longer are just the Jews my people. I've extended my grace to the Gentiles, the other, and now anyone who believes in me is a new creation. All can come to me and be one humanity. God was reconciling and bringing restored relationship to the church, unity in the church. Now I know that that's super hard for us to believe because we're super evolved. We have no racial tensions. We have no gender tensions. We have no social economic tensions. We don't have any mask or vaccination tendencies to divide. Satan has been using division since the beginning of time, friends. It's his number one tactic. He comes to kill, destroy, and rob us of the life that God has for us. And Paul talks about how in Jesus there is oneness, there's wholeness, there's no longer female or male, there's no longer Jew or Gentile, there's no longer slave or master. All of us are a new creation in Christ. He breaks down the barriers, especially the racial barriers. Where do you need God to break down barriers in your life? Who has the enemy come in and told you they are other, you are other, they're not your people, stay away from them. In Jesus, he's bringing all things together for his goodness. In him, we get new creations, we're a new identity. So God, Paul is talking about what it means to be the church, to be one, to be united. And that's been my prayer over our church is that we would be united with our brothers and sisters in Christ, that we wouldn't see division, that we'd see unity, that we'd see Jesus in one another. And the third theme of Ephesians is, Christians must live as new creations. Christians must live as new creations. When we receive Jesus, we receive completely new identities. Completely new identities. We are not the same people. We are brand new. We are made in Christ. Now some of us, there's a lot of things in the world that want to help you try to get a different identity. There's a lot of like plastic surgery, like you can get a nose job, you can get, you know, like work done. That doesn't give you a new identity. And some people, some people think a relationship status will give them a new identity. If I only had this husband and this many kids, that would give me a new identity. Just a different relationship status, it's not a new identity. And some of us think if we had more things, if I had that dream house, if I made this much money in my job, if I was financially secure, I'd be a new person. 
that's out there, it doesn't touch anything. Jesus is the only one that can touch our insides and make us a new creation. So one of the most beautiful invitations of the gospel is that Jesus Christ makes us new from the inside out a place that we can't touch and change ourselves. a place that only he can enter because he created us. So when we come to be Christians, we receive a new identity, we have new life. It means we live differently. This is the beautiful thing I want us to explore in this season. What does it mean that Christ has redeemed you and made you new? The old is gone, the new has come. Who is the new self? Christ is inviting you to live out of, to try on, to experience in its richness. God has newness for you. You are established and created in love. So those are the three themes. And then there's three quick invitations I wanna give you of things that I think God has for us in this session. One, God has more for you. Some of you are listening to this and you're thinking, I've done this before. I've tried everything, God, you know, I'm stuck, I'm at a plateau. God has more for you. He's a God of abundance and he's not a God who withholds. He wants to go deeper with you and he wants to bless you in new ways, ways that you maybe didn't even know you could ask for. Matthew 7 says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone, or if we ask for a fish, we'll give him a snake. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? What do you need to ask God for in this season? What have you been too nervous to ask for? There is more for you in this season. Satan wants you to believe there's not. There is more for you in this season because of God's goodness. Second invitation I wanna give to you is that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. He does. The Holy Spirit is our counselor. John 13, 16 says, but when he, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. The Holy Spirit is alive and active in us and God wants to speak through you. We've been given the Spirit. Jesus said, I must go up so the Holy Spirit comes down. If I don't go to the Father, you won't receive the Spirit. So when Jesus was resurrected, the Spirit is the gift he gave us. When you believe in Jesus, you have the power of the Holy Spirit in you, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. It's a crazy, crazy thing if you think about how powerful that is. But I want you to ask the Lord to unleash the Holy Spirit in you. Show me what it means that he lives in me. Give him more authority. Lord, Holy Spirit, speak to me in the word. The third invitation is this. Ephesians is this call to live like Jesus. And so my question for you is, will you live like Jesus? When you meet the living God in scripture, when the Holy Spirit highlights something for you, will you be obedient? Will you be faithful? There might be things that the Lord convicts you of. There might be things that you've done wrong. There might be ways he wants to change your pattern. My question to you is, will you be faithful? There are seasons of my life where I have not actually all seasons of my life where I don't want to be obedient. It feels too costly, it feels too hard, and the enemy tells me, you don't have to do it that way, you can do it the easy way. And it's just not the truth. When the Lord invites you to something, it's for your good. When he asks you to forgive somebody, it's so that you are set free. It's so that you can receive new life. It's so that that bitterness doesn't consume you like poison on the inside. The Lord does not ask us to do wrong things. The Lord asks us to do right things so that we can be restored. So will you say yes if Jesus invites you to something that feels uncomfortable, scary, new to you? 
That's the invitation, that's the free will. You get to choose yes or no. But when we follow Jesus, there's a promise that he's with us and he does everything for our good. God has goodness for some of you and it might feel like you need to go through the valley but there's a mountaintop on the other side, there's a blessing on the other side. So I wanna encourage you to be faithful in that call. And so we're gonna do something new. I'm gonna invite Alex up. I think Alex is in the back. Uh, we've never done this before. Um, but one of the things I really felt on my heart in this season is uh, just the power of prayer. I think we witnessed it in the women's conference. We heard testimony after testimony of women being prayed over and God doing a new thing. And I know for some of you, this is gonna feel like a new thing for you to enter the word uh, without as much guidance in the past. Maybe you've never dug deep. Maybe you feel like you've never heard the Father's voice. And so what I've asked to happen today is I've asked our prayer teams to come. Uh, so if you're on the prayer team, if you just wanna stand in the back, uh, these women are filled with the spirit. They've been praying for a while. They were praying an hour before you came for you and they are gonna keep on praying. Um, but we have women of God in this community that want to pray over you, that want to bless you, that want to give you this space uh, just for the spirit to speak. And here's what I wanna do. I wanna dispel any notion that if you go and get prayer, there's something wrong with you or you need help or you're in a hard season. No, 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 no. Some of you are in a great season and you just need a fellow sister to remind you of that and bless you of that. And so there's prayer teams all over. We're gonna do individual prayer just so that we can get everybody through. But I want this to be a time where you pray that the Lord meets you. If you haven't heard his voice, ask that he would speak his voice to you. If you're feeling afraid of doing Bible study or like, I don't have the time for it, talk to the Father about that. Sit with him. Alex is gonna play in the background and I'm gonna give us a little bit of time, but there's two invitations. One is that you go and receive prayer from a sister. You go and ask one of these lovely ladies who want to pray for you just to bless you in this season as you study the word. Second invitation is some of you might have heard something or feel something inside that you just wanna sit alone with the Father with. You wanna to go to that safe place. God is our refuge. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. You just wanna sit with him and hear from the Father yourself. You're welcome to just stay in your seat, be where you are. And for some of you, you're processors. You're like, I wanna tell a neighbor. I wanna share this with a friend. I just wanna turn with the person I came to. She's the only one I trust right now in this group. That's fine. You can talk to your neighbor about anything you need to. But you need to sit alone with God, talk to neighbor, or receive prayer. So I'm gonna pray for us now. Alex is gonna play, pray. In a few 10, 15 minutes, I'm gonna come up. I'll close this out, and then you'll go to our groups. But my prayer is that you would meet with God in this next short little time that he would remind you of all the goodness that he has for you. He has good things for you, good things for you that he wants to do. So let me pray for you and then I'm gonna bless you to go or move wherever you need to and I'll close this out at the end. Uh, Father, right now we just unleash your Holy Spirit, God, in this room. We know that you're alive and active and God, you want so much to speak to your daughters. You wanna to speak to our identities, the love that you have for us, the forgiveness you have for us, God. You want us to experience you in a fresh way, Father. So right now I just pray a blessing of the Holy Spirit, Lord, and I pray that you would nudge each woman to what you have for her, God. If she needs to go for prayer, I pray that she would go for the prayer and be blessed. If she needs to sit with you, would you tell her that? If she needs to talk to a friend in the room, God, give her the freedom and courage to just get up and do that, Father. So right now we consecrate this time to you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. I am your servant, and I am listening. 
speak to me, Lord, speak to me. I need your wisdom, your truth and comfort. Speak to me, Lord, speak to me. Oh, speak to me. Lord, we thank you for your presence in this place, Father. We thank you that you're a God of mercy and new beginnings and grace, Father, that we can come to you in any state we're in and you receive us just as we are, Father. 
And Lord, we invite you to do a new thing in us this season, God. As we study your word, we want more. God, we want more of your freedom, more of your love, more of your light, more of your power, more of your truth, more of your redemption, more of your reconciliation. Father, we want more. We're hungry for more of you, Father. So I just play a blessing on these women, God, as they study your word in Ephesians this week, Father. Would you take them deeper? Would you move us to your truth? Would the word be active and alive? Would the Holy Spirit illuminate for each of us the truth you want to reveal to us, Lord? And would the truth, as you said in your word, would the truth set us free, Father? It's a promise you made. So I bless this community of women. I bless them to read your word, to hear your voice, and to live in freedom, Father, to walk in truth and experience the power of your love. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that we can gather in your name. We thank you for access to your word. And we commit our lives and our hearts to you, God. Right now, today, we surrender them. For the glory of Jesus Christ, we say amen. Amen. Some of you are still praying, so I'm gonna let you close out your prayer times. Um, but you can grab coffee, you can head to your group. If you need a group, feel free to come up and I will help you find a table. But may you go in peace, blessings on you.